Good evening. It's good to see each one of you back for the evening service. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 196. Page 196, The Comforter Has Come. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4 as we begin our service together tonight. Page 196. Oh, spread the tidings round wherever man is found, wherever human hearts and human woes abound. Let every Christian tongue proclaim the joyful sound, the to be back in God's house tonight. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight. Sure glad you're here. I'm going to ask Brother Joe Quinlan if you would open us in prayer tonight, brother. Yes, thank you, Lord. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? I uh, did just have a few announcements I wanted to mention tonight. Of course, this coming Wednesday night, uh, Brother Eric Watson will be preaching in the main 
uh, service, and so be in your place, and certainly be much in prayer uh, for him. And then, ladies, don't forget about October the 25th, which is on a Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock, be the ladies' meeting, and it's also a baby shower uh, for Miss Shelby uh, Dossing, and so she is registered at Target and Amazon and then also, before I forget, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, we had to reschedule uh, picture day because of the wind in Kansas. Something about wind blowing in Kansas. I don't, I, I've never seen that before, but anyways, um, anyways, we did, we did schedule it for this coming Tuesday, and so now something about temperatures are going to drop. I'm shocked at that, too. I thought we were in Florida, man. I no, had no idea. But anyways, uh, we are certainly paying attention to that. But as of right now, it is still on for this coming Tuesday. So again, if you have kids in the Christian school, make sure that you are aware of that. Also, uh, last, uh, last couple of things here. Uh, Friday, October the 28th, is the harvest party. And so again, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, there will be a, um, uh, a harvest party taking place over in the E.J. Watson Gymnasium from 1 to 3 uh, p.m. And then, of course, uh, it will be open up for the church and and our guests uh, that evening at 7 o'clock probably try to go till around 9 or 10 o'clock. And so if you uh, would like to uh, give, uh, you know, participate in it, if you want to help, we do need help with that. And I know we'll have a sign-up sheet out and stuff like that for that. And then also the barrels out there. <clears throat> and if you don't know about that, what we do is we just buy bags of candy uh, from the store, drop them in the barrel, and then what they do is they divide it all up, and uh, they hand it out with all the different games and things like that that the kids play and the big kids play, uh, the adults, and they give them candy for winning. Uh, or if you're the pastor, they give you candy for losing too, amen? And so that's a pretty big blessing there. But I uh, just want to invite you to come and be a part uh, be, and be a help and be here. Uh, I, and I've said this on several occasions, but sometimes, you know, in our day and age, it's just where we're at, but we have people that may never don the door of, that church, of our church building, but they'll come to something like that, and you and I can love on them, and we can be a witness to them and talk to them about spiritual things, and so I want to invite you to be here for that, and uh, just looking forward to a good time uh, in the Lord. And then, of course, Sunday, that following Sunday, October the 30th, is the Chili Cook-Off, and uh, that's the Teen Chili Cook-Off, and that's uh, Sunday evening. And then there'll be a linger longer following the evening uh, service that night. And so bring uh, finger foods uh, for that. Uh, somebody said chili-related, but I always say everything goes with chili. Amen. Uh, but anyways, just looking forward to a good time of fellowship uh, in the Lord. If you've never been to that, I'd invite you to stay for that. It's a blessing. And we've got some teens that can make some pretty good chili. Amen. And we also have some teens that can make some chili that you will pay for for about three days afterwards. Amen. Uh, but just a real blessing uh, there. And Moet, just want to remind you, don't forget about our parking lot. We're taking up money to, to redo that. And I know it may take a little time, but just we do want to remind you of that. Pray about that and give what the Lord would have you to give. And uh, sure thankful, though, we got some patching done and uh, getting ready for this winter. So, All right, let's continue on tonight. Would you please turn to page 355. <coughs> page 355. Bring them in. We'll sing all three verses together tonight. Hark, tis the shepherd's voice I hear Out in the desert, dark and drear Calling the sheep who've gone astray Far from the shepherd's fold away Bring them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in 
and help this shepherd kind. Help him the wandering ones to find. Who'll bring the lost ones to the fold. Where they'll be sheltered from the cold. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Out in the desert, hear their cry, out on the mountains wild and high. Hark, tis the Master speaks to thee, go find my sheep where'er they be. It's been a great day in the Lord's house, hasn't it? And uh, just thankful we're able to be back here tonight. Now we get to give back to the Lord so, just a small part of so much he's blessed us with. Amen. And ask for the Gentry Gutierrez. Would you pray for the offering tonight, please? Amen. see our young people using their talents for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together one last time. Turn to page 336. Page 336. Redeemed. Redeemed. Page 336. Redeemed. Is that the right? There you go. I was ready for the right one. That's not normal. It's usually me that messes that up. Good job. No, I'm kidding. All right. Here we go. Ready? All right, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, 
Christ child and forever I am redeemed and so happy in Jesus no language my rapture can tell I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell redeemed 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 by the blood of the lamb redeemed through his infinite mercy his child and forever i am i think of my blessed redeemer i think of him all the day long i sing for i cannot be silent his love is the theme of my song redeem 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 by the blood of the lamb redeem through his infinite mercy his child and forever i am if you're thankful you're redeemed say amen tonight Praise the Lord. Great singing. You may be seated. This time we'll have a special from Brother Gary Waters. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face While the storm howls above me And there's no hiding place With the crash of the thunder Precious Lord, hear my cry Keep me safe till the storm passes by till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me safe till the storm passes by many times satan whispers there is no need to try for there's no end of sorrow there's no hope by and by but I know thou art with me and tomorrow I'll rise where the storm never darkens the skies till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. When the long 
night has ended and the storms come no more let me stand in thy presence on that bright peaceful shore in the land where the tempest never comes lord may i dwell with thee when the storm passes by when the storm passes over when the thunder sounds no more when the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me safe till the storm passes by amen what a blessing let's all stand tonight in honor of god's word and take your bibles and turn with me to joshua in chapter number seven tonight the book of joshua and chapter number seven tonight we're sure thankful for a faithful God tonight and thankful for the promise of heaven and well we got much to look forward to when this old storm passes by amen appreciate that tonight Joshua chapter number seven I, I enjoyed that cello too amen that was a blessing as well and I was just sitting there thinking man if we could just get a kid to learn how to play the banjo and the fiddle and, uh, you know, maybe the mandolin, we could have an Ozark orchestra, amen, and what a blessing that was. I mean, we already got a moonshine jug in front of the pulpit right there we could blow on and stuff, and just kidding, amen, just kidding, all right, it's not, this ain't the darlings, we don't need the darlings, but some of you need to quit acting like Ernest E. Bass and throwing rocks all over the place, amen. Joshua chapter number 7 uh, tonight, and, and so we're going to look, we're going to pick up in verse number 13, all right? Now, now, if you remember, all right, Israel has had their first uh, battle uh, with the city of Jericho, turned into a major victory as the walls came tumbling down, just like God said that would happen, amen? But we also know this, that as we got into chapter number 7, all right, Achan had sinned, and this began a downward, downward spiral because that is what sin always does, all right? Whether it's an individual, a family, a church, a nation, what, whatever you want to throw at it, sin is a reproach to any people, all right? It should be uh, that way. The sin of Achan began to surface with the defeat in Ai, then the despair of Joshua, and so tonight we're going to see the final stage, and many of us know the end of the story tonight, and the final stage, and that is this, death, all right? And so look at verse number 13, and this is at the end of Joshua's despair. God has now told him and revealed why uh, Israel has suffered a defeat with the city of Ai, because there is an accursed thing uh, among them. And so look at verse number 13. God says to Joshua up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of, of the O Israel 
Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing among you. You cannot have victory as long as you hold on to your sin and your wickedness. All right, that's what he's saying. All right, in verse 14, in the morning, therefore ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord hath taken shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take uh, uh, shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come uh, man by man. And it shall be that, the, that, uh, that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, and, and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. Okay, so Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. And Achan was saying, there's no way they're going to find me. But then the tribe of Judah was taken. In verse 17, and he brought the family of Judah. And Achan's still going, there's no way. And he took the family of the Zarites, and he brought them, uh, brought the family of the Zarites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought the household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done, hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils of a goodly Babylonian garment, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight, then I coveted them, and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. And Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent. Behold, it was hid in the tent, and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent, and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerai, the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen, and his asses and his sheep and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire And they had, uh, after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over them a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord God turned uh, from his fierceness of his, or turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. I'm going to preach to you tonight on this, Lessons from the Sin. Lessons from the Sin of Achan. Once you understand tonight, not every message can be a positive message. And the reason is because man has a positive nature towards sin. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. Listen, you, you and I need to understand that what we can do is see the example of Achan tonight and we can avoid the same outcome in our life. All right? <clears throat> and because God wants us to be a people of victory. And praise God for that tonight. But sin will always hinder that. And that's the message in a nutshell tonight. Father, would you bless the message and challenge us tonight and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated tonight. And you, you and I understand. Listen, we talk about learning lessons. And you and I understand tonight that in the sea of life, that there are, if we could say it like this, there are positive examples to learn from. But there are also negative examples to learn from. 
Um, I, and sometimes, and I was thinking about this as I was chewing on this, and sometimes it is our own mistakes, amen. Uh, but I do, I do want to say this, hopefully you get to that place in life, and especially in your Christian life, where you learn not only from your own mistakes, but you can get to a place where you learn from the mistakes of others and, and avoid making them all together. Um, I, it, it, is a, uh, it is a dangerous thing to see people in their 30s and in their 40s and even on up into their in, in 50s and 60s and still bragging and going, well, you know, preacher, I just always learn things the hard way. And I'm sitting there thinking, so you're bragging and boasting on your own pride and stubbornness because that's ultimately what you are doing. See, I'm just telling you, sooner or later, wisdom needs to kick in and you learn the right way. What's the right way? Well, by humbling yourself to the instruction of the Word of God and learning these things because only God knows how to make life work. All right? But we understand tonight there are, there are those, those negative examples. I, I, was, I, I can remember when I was a kid, I, I was just into the, the teenage realm, somewhere around in there. I think I was in middle school, 12 or 13 at the time and... And uh, we went to the University of West Florida, just a small uh, college there, uh, right in near our hometown. And they had they had an Olympic size uh, swimming pool, and they had a high dive that was about 14, 15 foot high. Now I'm just telling you, boys plus a high dive equals disaster right there off the bat. All right. So, anyways, we had uh, one of our neighborhood moms and, and took a bunch of us boys, and and we went to uh, this uh, swimming pool and. And I don't remember if it was one of the you know older kids at the pool or us coming up with the dumb idea ourselves because teenage boys can come up with some crazy things, all right? And I can remember somebody came up with the challenge to dive off of the high dive, do a dive instead of just jumping off. And so, but I here's the, I wasn't the first one up. The first one up was Kevin Land, all right? He was one of our neighborhood kids. And Kevin, he got up on the high dive and he walked up to the edge. And he, and he jumped off and went down head first. But what happened was he over-rotated. And he landed flat on his back. And it was the smack heard round the pool. It was great. And I can remember, I can remember Kevin coming up back up to the surface. And uh, the, the scream that came out of his mouth was almost as loud as the smack that his back made on the top of, of that water. Now here's what, what I'm saying to you tonight, is that when I saw all of that and I was next, you can mark it down, I went with the cannonball. <laughs> what I'm saying to you tonight is this, <clears throat> well, number one, when it comes to stunts off the high dive, let somebody else go first so you The other thing is this, is that couldn't we say the same thing tonight? That when you and I see something like this, a negative example, that we would learn from it, especially when it comes to the spiritual aspects of our lives. Folks, we are not above the rule tonight. We're not. Nobody in here should be looking at Achan and going, well, that, that happened to him and he got caught, but that's, that's not going to happen to me. No, mark it down. It's going to happen to you. The best thing that we could do tonight is to heed from the example of Achan and, and, and put away the things that are hindering us from victory and get right with God and, and serve God 
to the fullest extent of our lives because that's where the goodness is at and the blessings are at and the satisfaction is at in a child of God's life. So let me give you some things tonight. And again, another short introduction. Telling you, that's two in a row. This is getting pretty scary. All right, but here's the, the here's the here's the lessons, and I want to I want to give them to you tonight from the uh, from the sin of Achan. All right, number one tonight is this: Achan not only shows us how sin ends, but how it starts. Once you look at verse number twenty one with me again, notice it says this. So after Joshua has been led by the Lord, and and he now confronts Achan, notice what it says. It says, "When I saw among the spoils of the goodly Babylonian garment." And 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels uh, weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and under it. Uh, here's what I wrote down in my notes. Achan follows the exact pattern outlined by James in James chapter 1 and verses 14 and 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Achan looked, and Achan lusted. That's how it started. And you and I, listen, you and I obviously know, all right, we know what gold and silver is in this passage and why it would catch his attention. But what about the Babylonian, the goodly Babylonian garment it says here? Well, historians say that the Babylonians were well known for their, their clothing and even weaving gold into their garments. But also, there is speculation that this goodly Babylonian garment, it may have been a priestly garment used to worship the false Babylonian gods. Alright, so, but here's the idea. This is exactly why God wanted everything destroyed in the city of Jericho. It was to ensure that His people would not turn away from Him and worship a false god. All of that stuff would be burned and done away with, and they would go on serving the Lord God of Israel. Alright, if Achan looked and Achan lusted, alright, and this is where his sin began, then this tells us what we must do in order to prevent following the example of Achan, all right? So here's what I put down. The first thing we need to do is this, guard our eyes. Come on, he saw and he coveted, so it starts with guarding what I would say is the eye gate. And the word saw in verse 21, it's actually an interesting word. It's also the same Hebrew word used in Numbers 21 when, when, when Moses tells them, when Moses says that they looked upon, all right? And if you don't know about that, that's where Israel, they murmured against God and he sent fiery serpents to bite them. And when the people finally repented and came to Moses, all right, God told them to make a brass serpent and put it upon a pole. And then when the people looked upon the brass serpent, they would live. Now you understand that's a picture of Jesus Christ, right? And even Jesus would say this in, in John chapter 3 and verses 14 and 15, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
Folks, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that when Achan saw, listen to this, when Achan saw the Babylonian garment, and, and when he saw the wedge of gold and the silver, he didn't just glance at it, he looked upon it as if to gaze upon it. You, you understand, he looked and he lusted. He, it, it, so, so, so you understand, he looked and he got... It, it's why the brass serpent is a picture of Jesus Christ. You, you understand, they weren't just to look upon the brass serpent and go, oh yeah, there it is and I'm good to go. It was the idea that they were looking and that they were gazing and that they were considering their sin with God and getting right with God. It's why it pictured Jesus Christ. It's when we look upon Him and we gaze upon Him and we understand who we are and who He is and we get right with Him. That's why that, that's what it means to look and live, my brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that the problem with Achan was is that when he saw, when he looked upon, when he gazed and lusted, he wasn't looking at Jesus Christ. He was looking at something evil and something that God said he wasn't supposed to have. So let me give you a couple of things with this. When it comes to the eyes and us guarding our eye gates, I want to say to you tonight that there are those evils that we should avoid altogether. You understand what I mean? I mean, not, 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 not just glance at, but I mean not look at them at all. I, I'm, I'm, you understand, the child of God has no business watching pornography. You understand what I'm saying to you tonight? Well, you know, preacher, it's not, it's not the hardcore stuff. It's, it's the salt. No, no, no. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the label that the world puts on it, whether it be hard or salt. It doesn't matter. It's all wicked, friend. And I realize that it's in almost every movie or TV show that Hollywood is putting out in our day and time. And even some of these video games that have nudity and sexual content in them, you and I have no business putting before our eyes. But it's not just so, stuff like this. Some of, the, some of the gruesome, murderous stuff that is on TV that is so sickening. And by the way, right now is a good time to go ahead and warn you about that stuff since it's Halloween. Or it's getting close to Halloween. And all you see is horror movies and all this stuff being advertised and pushed and all of that stuff. I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me help you with this tonight. Every bit of that stuff is demonic. And it is vile and it is wicked. And I listen, and I've heard people come to me and say, Well, you know, preacher, that's that's just kind of my 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 forte of movies that I like, just like you like westerns. I like I, I like uh I like uh uh you know uh uh horror flicks and things like that. Let me let me say something. It, it John Wayne and Freddy Krueger are two very different people. You, you understand what I'm saying? That is demonic and that is vile. And that is wicked. And, and by the way, don't, don't sit here tonight and go, yeah, guys, you need to be listening to this because this isn't just a guy thing either. And I, I realize that men are the sight creatures and women are the emotional creatures, but that doesn't exempt women from being vulnerable to the eye gate either. Okay, Ladies are as well. There are women that struggle with pornography just like there are men that struggle with it. Or looking and lusting and wanting their spouse to be like some guy that they saw on TV or some guy that they're reading in some sick perverted novel that they have. Well, you know, they sell it at the grocery store. Well, that doesn't make it right. 
Folks, the, the eye gate, listen to this, the eye is called the eye gate for a reason. It is the open, it is the doorway or the opening to the heart and to the mind. All right. There is a reason why Achan starts with, well, I saw and then I coveted. Listen, because it started with his eyes. We have a, we have a sex craze society. And you know why? Because it's become the norm. It's become the norm to watch pornography. It's become the norm to put that before your eyes. Uh, we, we, also have, we also have a murderous society. And again, it's because it's normal now to watch all of this horror stuff and all of this, this wicked stuff. And, and by the way, don't, don't be so naive to, to sit here tonight and go, well, you know, Christians aren't, aren't doing these things. Yeah, well, yes, they are. I never forget years ago, and this was at a liberal Bible college, and I heard a, uh, I heard a youth pastor preaching and uh, giving a testimony. And uh, he was at a youth conference uh, and was preaching a meeting that was specifically for uh, youth directors and, and youth workers. And, and he was staying in a hotel where all of those uh, youth directors and, and workers were staying at uh, as well. And he said this, and I'll never forget this. He said, at the end of the meeting, I went down and uh, was uh, going to go and check out of my hotel and uh, the lady that was checking me out was a very polite uh, young lady. And, and so I just felt led of the Lord to hand her a track and, and invite her to the church where I was actually preaching the conference at. And so he handed her a track and she looked at the track and she handed it back to him. And she said, sir, she said, I will never, I, I will never don the doors of an independent Baptist church. And he said, well, ma'am, I'm so sorry if I offended you or anything like that. I, you know, I, I didn't mean to. I just wanted to invite you. There's a church here in town that's just tremendous. And she said, she said, let me stop you right there and let me tell you why. She said, I've been working at this hotel for several years. And we have, uh, we, we have access to pornography in our TVs and our rooms. And she said, it comes up on our bills and things like that when we give out bills. And she said... I have never seen so much pornography being rented in one weekend as I have in this weekend with all of these youth workers that are in this hotel. Now, folks, I'm just telling you, that was back probably 20 years ago. Imagine where we're at right now when you can access this stuff now on your cell phones and, and on, uh, you, you know, and, and uh, you, you know, it's, it's on ba- almost every basic cable channel in, in America today. Well, what I'm saying to you tonight is this. You, listen, you mark it down. Typically what surfaces as a divorce and destroys a marriage, it started with the eye gate. And somebody looking at something they had no business looking at in the first place, whether it be a website, somebody on social media. Man, I don't know how many times I've heard that story. Well, you know, I just I, uh, you know, saw my old girlfriend on Facebook and started talking with her. And one thing like, stop it. That is vile. And that is wicked. Well, you know, I just, or people, married, married men and married women looking on dating sites and, and apps and things like that. What are, you, what are you doing? You want to date somebody, date your wife. Take her out for a date. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, listen, what, what I'm saying to you is that it's not just the lost. It, 
It's, it's, it's people in the pulpits and in the pews all across this country. Folks, guard your eyes. And, and by the way, if you can't control it, then get rid of it. Well, I'm, I mean, preacher. No, 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 no. I remember a day when there wasn't any cell phones. Boy, those were the good old days. Some of you are looking at me like, yeah, I remember the day when there wasn't no TV. Well, that's your problem, all right? But, but those were some good old... I, rem- I do remember when I was the remote control, and there wasn't but three channels, and if the president was on, your night was ruined. I do remember that. But I will say this, I remember when there wasn't cell phones and there wasn't internet and there wasn't all this access to all of this wicked stuff. And I realize the day and age in which we're living in and things are going electronically and all of that stuff. But I do know this, you can get cell phones that don't have access to those things or you can get, you can get software, all right, that will allow you to be accountable to those around you with those things. And so what I'm saying is this, You do what you got to do to protect and guard your eyes so that you don't end up like Achan in our scene tonight. Now, here's the thing. There are some things that you and I are to avoid altogether. But there are some things we can't avoid. But you know what? You don't need to gaze on them either. There was no way, there was no way in the destruction of of Jericho for Achan to not see the Babylonian garment or the wedge of gold or the silver. That's a reality, all right? But where he made his mistake was when he looked again and again and again and it began to affect his heart. Is anybody catching that? Listen, you... You're not going to, I'm just telling you, in, in the state of, of, of Kansas and, and in the you know, spring and summer and even into the early fall, you, you're not, you're not going to be able to avoid you know, driving down the street and seeing someone of the opposite sex jogging in a half-naked outfit. It's just reality. You're not going to be able to avoid going into Walmart and, and not seeing somebody that's you know, half-dressed you know, and really doesn't you know, leave any imagination to the mind. That's the day and age in which we live in. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm certainly not trying to have your mind go somewhere or anything like that. I'm just simply stating that's a reality. But when you do see those things, you can turn away. You can pray, you can plead the blood, and you can look the other direction. I, you know, it's, I, I know that Natalie and I have been... Uh, through the mall on several occasions, or I, I remember even a while back on our, 21st, our 25th anniversary, and we were going down the Branson Landing there uh, in Branson, and there was the, the big Victoria's Secret store, and I appreciate, I think it was Brother Watson, uh, E.J. Watson that said, Victoria ain't got no secrets. I mean, it's, listen, it's right there. It's in the window. It's on the side. Big, huge signs. Way not good. And so, depending on whatever side the store is on, if it's on the left side, you can ask my wife and she'll tell you. Yep, I said, we were going down and I said, I was right. Like I was in the military. Until I got past the store. And then when we were coming back, it was on, I was left. Because I don't want to look at that junk. I don't want to saw and then covet. Does anybody catch 
Don't act like you're so spiritual that that never happened to you. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Listen, we're all wicked and we're all sinful and we all possess the same things that Achan had in in his life. And what I'm saying to you is this, you just simply need to turn away from it and not gaze upon it and lust upon it in your heart. But here's the second thing. It says this, it says that he coveted. And, And therefore, it's not that we must not only guard our heart, but folks, we also have to guard or guard our eyes. It's not that we shouldn't just guard our eyes. Excuse me, we should also guard our heart. I like, I like Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. You know what that means? Keep guard. Guard thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Boy, how true that is. The word coveted means desire. It means to lust, to want something you should not have. Another man's wife or daughter, another woman's husband or son. And one of the ways in which we can guard the heart is to guard the eye gate But also, listen to this, another way for you and I to guard our heart tonight is this, it's to realize the fallacy of lust and deception that Satan uses in temptation. Do you you not understand this tonight? That he always sells you short. He's a liar and the father of lies. And everything that he's offering up, it may appear to be one thing, but that's never what it ends up being. It's a lie, it's a trap, and it never leaves you satisfied. It never will. I want you to think about it. Think think about even Achan right here. Folks, what is he going to do with a Babylonian garment? What is he going to do? Come out of his tent next week? What's happening? He's got his Babylonian garment on and he's strutting like a bandy rooster and looking all cool. Everybody's going to know where he got it from. He's not, it's not like he's ever going to, well, you know, we were having a formal dinner tonight. So I put my new garment on. He's never going to be able to wear this thing. He's just holding on to it like some, like some trophy or something silly like that. And, and I realize, well, you know, the gold, gold and the silver there, now he... Well, i got to be honest with you. They're defeating the, the Canaan land. It, it's not like they're too concerned about a monetary system right now. What I'm saying to you is this, is that everything that he took because he looked and he coveted after, I'm just telling you, everything, it's, it's never going to satisfy him in the end. It, it's not going to. It's, it's just like the bill of goods that the devil tries to sell us. One of the biggest failures of God's people is that we never look down the road and consider the outcome of our decisions. We never do that. It's always about the here and the now and what does my flesh want and desire and we go after it. And the only thing, listen, the only thing that will ever satisfy your soul, it is staring you right in the face just like it was with Achan. I mean, here he is. He could have been having victory and living for God and serving God and having the joy of the Lord in his life. But yet now he's realizing that he is, I'm telling you, he is about to be exposed and he's about to be caught and he is in misery and he is nervous and worried. And then, of course, it's going to end with a bunch of rocks and him being burned with fire and dead. He had everything in God, just like 
He is everything we need. Listen, you can fill your heart and mind with pornography, but it will never compete with what God has to offer in a godly marriage. It will never compete. You, you can chase after the opposite sex in fornication and adultery, but it will never meet the expectations that God can in sending you a godly spouse. You listen to that, young people? I'm telling you, you can live for silver and gold, but it will never be as rich as raising a godly family and children that put Christ first in their life because they watch you put Christ first in your life. I Listen, I'm, I'm not going to go into the long story tonight of my testimony. I told you on several occasions about getting to a place when I was working a secular job where I was going to lose my job and, and we faced a decision as to whether or not to go after more money or, or to uh, put God first in our life. But I, but I want to say this. I want to say this. I am thankful tonight, some 20 years later, that we said money ain't everything. And we put God first. And here's why. Because you can't put a price tag on watching your daughters drive off to Bible college to follow God's will for their life. And you can't put a price tag on watching your son answer God's call to preach on his life. Is anybody catching this? And I'm saying to you tonight, please get this, those things didn't happen by accident. They happened because our kids watched us put God first in our life rather than living for some Babylonian garment and, and chasing after a wedge of gold and silver. If you want to avoid the failures of Achan, then it starts tonight with making some serious resolve about guarding your eyes and your heart. You know, preacher, I just need you to be accountable. I need, I need you to hold me accountable. No, why don't you hold yourself accountable to God? I don't have time to coddle and babysit. Guard your heart. Guard your eyes. And realize the fallacy of Satan's temptation through the lust of the flesh and the world. Folks, it is all a lie. It will not do for you what He can do for you. It never will. It never will. Now let me give you the second thing tonight. You know what Achan shows us? He shows us that we can hide our sins. But eventually it's going to come to the surface. I mean, that's, that's what happens in verses 20 and 21. It says, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have, <laughs> I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. And he talks about seeing and coveting the the Babylonian garment, and he took them and hid them in the earth in the midst of the tent and the silver under it. And of course, Joshua sends the messengers, they run to the tent, and there it is, exactly like uh, Achan said. Joshua, being led by the Lord, eventually came to Achan and confronted him. Though it was hid, <laughs> it's not now. It's out there for everybody to see. Achan is the very definition of what Moses warned when he said this in Numbers 32, 23. Be sure your sin will find you out. It will. Well, why? 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 Because nothing is hid from God. You know what I always think of when I see this? Is I always think of the story of David and Bathsheba. <clears throat> David looked 
I mean, David was in a place where he shouldn't have never been. When a day when kings went into battle, David should have been in battle. When instead he got complacent, he wasn't in church like he should have been. Wasn't serving God like he should have been. And he looked and he lusted and coveted and he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And she became pregnant with child. And the first thing David does is he begins to work and scheme to cover it up. He calls Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, home from the battlefield and wants a report and then says, hey, you're free to go. Sends him to his house. But Uriah never goes to his house. Uriah was so righteous in his attitude. Hey, if my men are on the battlefield, what business do I have in having going home and and spending the evening with my wife and my family? And he slept on the king's doorstep. David even tried to get him drunk. And he still wouldn't go. And in the end, you know what happened? David had him framed on the battlefield, sent him off into the heat of the battle, and had Joab, the leader, the general of the army, back everybody off, and Uriah got killed in the, in the midst of the battle. And so what happened is, is that David then let, let Bathsheba mourn, then he brought her into his household, took her to be one of his wives, And all of the people were going, oh, look at our great king. Isn't he so wonderful to take this pregnant widow in and to care for her and her child? And I'm telling you, everything was going good until I believe it's, what is it, 2 Samuel chapter 11. And the very last verse and the very last statement of the last verse, and it says this, but the thing displeased the Lord. You know what that means? That means this, that nobody else may have knew what was going on, but God knew what was going on. Just like Achan, listen, Achan knew what was going on and his kids knew what was going on. But I'm going to tell you something, nobody else may have knew it, but God knew exactly what what was going on because nothing, nothing is hid from God. Listen, David did his best to cover his tracks, but God knew all about it all alone, just like, just like Achan did his best to hide it. But you understand, we, we can fake everyone else around it. We can fake everybody else. You, you can have me full tonight. That's not a hard thing to do. Remember, I, I was too scared to dive off the high dive. I do a cannonball. You can fake everybody else out you want, but I'm telling you, you're not going to fool God. He knows the real you. He knows who you are. And, and this is what we learn from both Achan and David when we are unwilling to come clean with God ourselves. God has a way of exposing us. And sooner or later, you end up being caught. A Sunday school teacher was giving her class the assignment for the next week, and she said, next Sunday, we're going to talk about liars. And in preparation for our lesson, I want you all to read the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. So the following week, at the beginning of the class meeting, the teacher said, now then, all of you have prepared for the lesson by reading the 17th chapter of Mark. Please step up to the front of the room. And about half the class rose and came forward. And then she said, the rest of you may leave. These are the students I want to talk to because there is no 17th chapter of the book of Mark. Now Sunday school teachers and junior church workers and class leaders 
Don't do that to your kids. Some of you are going, that's a great idea. Don't do that. But here's the thing. Listen, that, 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 that's funny. You know, the teacher exposing those lying kids. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. It's not funny when God exposes us. It's, it's not. Listen, new, news stories, new, constant. This is the constant thing we hear in our day and time. News stories of pastors having to resign because of promiscuous relationships. Church members being arrested for child pornography. Folks, these are things that should never, should never happen. Should never happen. And children, children rebelling from the things of God. And here's why. Because it turns out that gold and silver was really what was important to mom and dad all along. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's a hard thing when you get exposed in that. See, Aiken shows us we, we can pretend all we want, but God knows who we really are. But here's the last thing tonight, and I'm done. Aiken shows us the ultimate consequences of our sin. Look at what happens in verse 24. And Joshua and all Israel took, uh, with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with, with stones. See, the ultimate consequence is death. For the wages of sin is death. All right? When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Don't make the mistake tonight that so many commentators have made who talk about the cruelty here and the injustice of the punishment of Achan. Please listen to this. 36 men died in the battle of Ai due to Achan's sin. That means 36 families actually got justice. And also this, his kids were his accomplices in his crimes. Did you ever notice that his wife is not mentioned? It may be that she's just included in the life of Achan, or it may be that she was dead and that Achan's children may have actually been older, possibly uh, young adult uh, children. And by the way, you need to note this. The mercy of God was readily available. Do you ever think about this? When God comes to Joshua in his despair to tell him that there is sin in the camp that someone had taken of the accursed thing, don't you think God knew who it was? Sure he did. So why didn't God tell Joshua right away? Just go over there to the tent of Achan. You know why? Because God was still giving Achan a chance to come forward, to repent, to make things right, but he never did. He had to be confronted by Joshua before he finally admitted it. And we don't know the tones here either. He could have admitted it, but without any remorse. Yeah, I did it. So what? 
Truth of the matter is, we're witnessing that in our day and time with the criminals today who seem to care so very little about their victims. Achan could have had that attitude regardless of how people may feel about the judgment God's people did what God said to do about it. They stoned them with stones. They burned them with fire. And they buried them. And thus God draws a very vivid picture tonight for us of where sin takes us. Defeat, despair, and ultimately death. Without Christ... Without Christ tonight, this death is eternity in hell. But even with Christ tonight in your life and in mine, sin will still wreck the fellowship we could be having with God. It ruins the opportunity. It ruins the opportunity to be a vessel of His grace. And ultimately, here's the truth that, here's the truth that is exposed with Achan's sin. Your sin is never just your sin. It's never just yours. I heard a pastor one time give a testimony about confronting one of their church members over the sin of pornography. And the man's response was this. I can handle it. Don't worry about it, preacher. It's not affecting anybody. It's just affecting me. But according to the life of Achan, that's simply not true. Israel, an entire nation was affected. Joshua, the leader, was affected. His sons and his daughters, everything that he owned, it was affected. It was cursed with this accursed thing. And I want to say to you tonight, just like your church is affected. You can say, ah, no, preacher, that's not true. Yeah, it is. Your pastor is affected. Your family is affected. And everywhere it goes, death follows with it. Everywhere. I realize it's a somber and serious occasion tonight looking at the end result of Achan's sin. But boy, oh boy, if there's anything that we could do tonight, it is to look at this example and go, Mercy, I'm not above the rule. And that's not where I want to end up. And God knows where I'm at tonight. And I want to get some things right with Him. And I want to ask for His help to guard my eyes and to guard my heart because I don't want to end up in death, in defeat, in despair. I don't want to have a negative impact on my church, my pastor, my family. Know what I want to do? I want to live in victory. That's what I want to do. Let's all stand tonight.